So there's a misconception that if you're single, you are incomplete, perhaps damaged, salvaged, and you won't be happy until you find your one. And that is not true. That is bullshit. It is a message that has been fed to us by media and advertising. The truth is, when you're single, you have the richest soil for growth. That's why I created this podcast. And unlike other podcasts, this one is host-driven, not guest-driven. That means I will be rotating health and wellness experts three times a week to give you the giant box of wellness crayons, not just the primary colors, so you can start building a meaningful life. It's time to give singlehood a cape. Hi guys, with me today I have my friends May and Cleo. These are friends that I met through the club. Um, As some of you might know, I'm a dancer at a club and part of the sex worker world. And so I wanted to bring them on here today to talk about singlehood as a sex worker. And um, yeah, we're gonna be keeping our identities anonymous for obvious reasons. So as much as you want to say or don't say, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves, you guys? So I actually dabbled. The way that I got into it was I was 19 when I first started dancing. I met someone at a music festival and she was in the industry and she kind of introduced me to everything. And so uh, I only dabbled in it for a few months, but it was not for me. And when I turned 23, 24, I had just gone out of a two-year relationship, was in like so much debt, living at home, and I just decided to try one more time, and I have not looked back. Amazing. I love that. I also, I should have added before, um, you two, I don't know if I've told you this, but you two are like my two of my like role models in the dancing world. Like, I love you both for your hustle and your talent. And I love the story, Cleo, of like stepping out of it and stepping back in because I feel like that's really common in this world as well. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, when you're 19 and I was super insecure. So I was like, this is not for me, but stepping back into it 23, like as a grown woman, like here we are surrounded by badass women like you two and just, you know, coming back into it full swing. So it was a good decision. Amazing. And May, let's hear how, how, how did you get into dancing? Um, I actually, I feel like it's kind of funny because I actually had started, I started pole dancing during like the very, very beginning of the pandemic. And I was 27 at the time. And after I started pole dancing, I started like educating myself a lot on sex work because I was like, I can't be a pole dancer and not honor sex work and like support strippers and everything. And I started pole dancing because I had gone to Cheetahs like a week before um, the pandemic started with a friend for this event. And I saw this girl flip upside down at the top of the pole and like walk around the ceiling, like with her heels on the ceiling. And I was like, I've got to do that. So I actually started pole dancing because of a stripper. And then I was like, okay, I got to honor strippers and sex workers. So then I started educating myself. And then I started thinking about dancing in the club because I spent so much money learning how to pole dance (laughs) that I was like, I need to start making money just simply to pay back all of the training, quote unquote, that I've taken. So I got into it 
sort of just in this like very like side hustle type of mentality and then very quickly realized that it is not really a side hustle <laughs> like mm-hmm. even even if you you do it very infrequently at one point I'm sure you have I think in order to get like solidly good in your hustle and your flow you do have to put in time and effort and like honestly the people who are best at dancing it's just because they've put in time so I started um dancing like in the sense of like oh I just want to make a little extra money and then I didn't realize how much I was gonna like fall into loving it and like being so intrigued by getting better at it and meeting all the people that I met like it turned out that like this is really the community um that works for me so I found so many new friends and it's also just easier to make friendships for some reason and like I know that they, I know there's a lot of like talk around how, you know, there's a lot of competition and jealousy and all of that in the dancer world, but I've experienced very, very little of that. So I've, I've had a really easy time getting on with um, dancers in, in all my clubs. And I've in fact taken away like some besties from most of the clubs I've worked at. So um, yeah, I sort of did the same, never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I totally agree too. And I think that because before I auditioned, I had just like done a deep dive on Reddit and like thought that I had a firm grasp on like what dancing was going to be like. And like, you can find those Reddit threads that talk about the competition or whatever amongst girls, but I have also not experienced that truly. And um, also love how you said you wanted to get paid for this. Cause I think it's so funny. There was a meme circulating a year ago it was like women are paying hundreds of dollars for pole classes when you can literally men will pay you to learn in front of them like dancing (laughs) is so so it's so inherently I think it's so intuitive you know for women especially and um it's just a really it's been a really fun thing learning from the other dancers I think like in real time but um well yeah also also like that's actually traditionally how pole dancing was passed along was like through dancing in the club and learning from each other like at work like that's a very like like I guess that's the 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 proper quote-unquote way to learn to some degree like is um being in the club working and learning while you're working and watching dancers literally all of my teachers um that I've studied with are strippers and they basically told me that from the beginning like when you're at work watch the girls watch how watch how they work watch how they dance like ask questions you know observe and so like that's part of the learning process in the club is just so much observation mm-hmm. and all of them everyone's always so willing to teach if you ask them like no girl if I've ever asked them about a trick or I've ever asked them a question about just the industry in general everyone's always been incredibly receptive and incredibly kind like I've never been turned away or like scoffed at or like why would you ask me we're in competition like everyone's been so kind like we're in this together I mean also I feel that's so true because the part of me like I teach pole as well but like the part of me that's a teacher also feels like the people who I would absolutely 100% willingly offer these services to like 
without any question or money or other sex workers like it feels like my duty almost to like also share that because it's like we're in it together so it's like if I'm at the club and someone asks me a question like I'm there you know what I mean like I'm I'm willing to share so that's my mentality on it um so yeah I'm I'm glad that like we've experienced a lot of like optimism around all of that yeah absolutely I think it's just one of those industries too where it's really there's so much independence in it and there's so much like we're protected by security and everything but I do think that there's this general sense in being at the club where it's like we all kind of understand that we're looking out for one another because we've all been in a position where we're new and vulnerable or anxious and so it's just really important and like it feels like easy to remember when we were in that position I'm saying that still as like a baby stripper where I'm just like anytime anyone asks me anything I always feel like oh my god like please ask someone else like I feel like I'm not the right person but um <laughs> no literally I'm totally just like a good I'm, person to ask well thank you I'm like I'll help as much as I can but like I am definitely more of an ass shaking stripper than I am a poultry stripper and you know what that's fine but also the the interesting thing that I've learned is that um everyone is good at something so like just because you're a baby stripper doesn't mean you don't have like a really strong hustle or like you don't have really strong sales technique or so like honestly the performance element of it like the stage performance is a fun element but I think every dancer that you talk to has like maybe they have like a certain quality that gets them customers a lot or like they have certain tricks that like get them a lot of money like everyone's got something to share it's not it's like you can learn a lot from veteran dancers obviously but at the same time like I see I see people who've been stripping for like a year and they got like solid hustle so um it's interesting because I think everyone has something to offer totally agree and I think that a lot of it is just how much you put into it as well like um, you know, I would pay like probably like a million dollars to steal your notebook, Cleo, that I've seen you walking around with taking notes <laughs> on like what's helpful. Cause that is probably like one of the single most valuable things that exist in this world, just like tips. But, um, yeah, totally. I just ordered one. Did you really? You're going to start walking around the notebook. I love oh, that. It's so amazing. I literally just write about, you know, if I talk to someone and there's an objection that I can't get over or something that I said that I put my foot in my mouth and I'm like, Cleo, you idiot. Don't ever say that again. <laughs> like, that's all that's in my notebook. But I'm always willing to share it. Yeah. <laughs> just gold, just pure gold in there. I was listening to uh, like a veteran dancer, like talking about how people think that might seem silly to like take note of everything or like have your little notebook or whatever and like I've just been keeping notes in my phone but she was like if it's she was like it's actually not silly at all it's like one of the smartest things to do so that's what makes all of us like get better and better too is that like we stay on top of it we stay learning you know what I mean like you don't you don't make money if you get lazy, you know what I mean? So like, if you don't, if you want to make money, you're going to learn from every one of your mistakes or like every one of your moments of like not securing the sale. So it's like the smartest thing to do. Absolutely. It's funny. I mean, we're all, all of us that are in there though, any, any dancer who makes it into the club is there because they were brave enough to audition and like had some sort of sense of like hustle in the first place. So I think even like the laziest, of us like still have a sense of like what we really need to do to get it popping I guess to create the ambiance like we do but um I was just thinking as the, we were talking about the notebook and whatever dancing and sex work 
especially requires so many skills. I feel like you just need like hundreds of micro skills to do this. Like it's not as simple as just like looking hot. Like some people might think like, yes, we're hot, but also you're cultivating seduction. You're cultivating a fantasy. You're cultivating an environment. And like May, when you were talking about how like everyone has their own hustle, I think for me specifically being in the field of therapy and psychology, I very much feel like my niche is like, in a way, like therapy with customers, you know, like I'll sit there and like dive deep into their backstory and everything. And they're like, whoa, like this is so intimate. And it's very (laughs) much like different from someone else's approach who might be like hypersexual or like fun. Like I like the fun stripper who comes over and is like, where's the party? Where's the shots? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like so many different skills. And I feel like, um, Cleo, you were saying that you started at 19. I was wondering if there was, like, is dancing, has dancing always been, like, your main gig? No, not at all. So I only danced for a few months when I was 19, and it was just something I was not good at at the time because I was so insecure. I could not approach men, and the name of the game is approaching men. Right. Uh, So I had to develop all of those skills that you were talking about and um, really build myself up who I to who I am now in order to come back in the industry and do what I can do. You know, it wasn't something that I just picked up and carried on. Yeah, it's weird that. That everyone that continues to show up as a stripper at the club that means that you have this sort of sense of like fearlessness upon um, approaching strangers and like starting conversations that are, that are intriguing and continue to contain someone's interest that leads to a sale. So it's like this crazy, like you have to be alluring from the beginning, but then you also have to somehow maneuver into turning it into a sale, like you're pitching as you're having the fun. So it's, I find it to be so, such a um, valuable skill to be good at dancing um, because, or good at stripping rather, because no matter really where you apply it, you ha- you're gaining these these skills that they can apply to like your dating life in the sense of like not feeling fearful around talking to guys you think are hot like out or people you think are hot like out in the world because you practice it on a regular basis or like when you want something we learn how to get it <laughs> you know what I mean so it's like yeah. we're we're always developing these skills that are like very much like also I, I said this to um I said this to Shia the other day about how I value my friends that are sex workers um, relationship to money so much more than all my other friends, because it's like, if you owe someone something, you pay it. Mm -hmm. If you go out to dinner and you get dinner together, they Venmo you right away. Like if you know what I mean, it's like, let me split it. Like it's like we address money so fearlessly compared to like some people that are very laggy or like they don't put that much like a focus or attention on it because we're used to working and getting paid immediately you leave work with money. You know what I mean? You don't wait for a paycheck. Like you leave work and you're paid. So it's like, that's sort of our mentality is like, you handle the things like right as they happen. And I am a very direct person. And like, I appreciate that so much. 
yeah that that's so true when you go out with friends and like everyone's just straight away like here let's pitch in let's do this instead of beating around the bush and getting everyone's venmo and figuring out how to split it like it's it's so nice to be able to work with girls and have friendships with women who are just like here it is this is straightforward this is what we need to do like let's handle it and just go on with our day and have some fun you know Right. It's that cash in hand mentality. It's like similar, any cash industry, but like dancing with making your own schedule. And I think you hit the nail on the head, May, with the fearlessness. Like we're, we're just like, yeah, just get it done. Just handle that shit right now. But um, something you said, May, that I thought was a perfect transition into what I really want to talk about is the similarities and the differences between approaching someone in the club to seduce them and say being on a date with someone. I, um, I feel like I was only single for a very short period of time when I was dancing. And so I didn't have a whole lot of experience with that, but you guys are both single uh, dancers and have experienced the single world. I'm assuming outside of dancing as well as in dancing. And I wanted to hear what your experiences have been with both. Like, do you guys feel like, approaching a client or approaching a customer is similar to going on a first date. Oh man, I have so much to say about this because it's like, I actually think about it a lot because I was in a very long-term relationship over seven years from like 20 to 20 or sorry, 19 to 26. And so I started dancing like not that long after and it was so crazy to see how I started to value myself so much more. And the thing that has been the most, the biggest change was my boundaries that I set and my tolerance levels that I have in relationships with people. So like off the bat, dancing has like taught me to be like, Oh, that's a tall, that's something that I will not tolerate it, whether it's a friend or a relationship or a sexual partner or whatever it is, like I'm not tolerating that specific thing because it doesn't work for me and it's toxic for me. So I think it's helped me identify more the things that are like that trigger me or are toxic for me versus the things that feel good for me because we're constantly exploring sensuality and sexuality with strangers. So we have all of these opportunities to like be like, oh, I didn't realize I liked when guys said that or like oh I didn't realize that I liked when I said that or like you know what I mean so it's like I think it's it's definitely taught me to be a lot more forward and firm with like what I do and don't like and um like what I what I'm willing to put up with and whatnot so um that and also it's funny and I'm curious if both of you experienced this but like if I have like a sexual partner person in my personal life and I like see them and then like the next day I work and I'm still in that energy I like get clients so much easier because I'm like in this like like very genuine sexual energy so it's like easier for me to harness that when I'm like approaching guys so I've been noticing that I actually benefits my work life a lot like when I'm seeing someone but like casually you know what I mean or if I have fun and then like I bring that fun with me like it just feeds off of each other so I'm curious if that happens to both of you oh my god absolutely and I find the opposite is true as well where if I'm like if I have like a heartbreak or I'm really pissed at like a romantic partner I feel like the same is true where I'll I'll go in and I'll have a really good shift because I just have so much pent-up energy 
and like emotion for either direction. I'm just like, this needs to get out of me. And like, it comes off as like, people can sense that energy, you know? And it's like, whether it's, oh, like I had a really sexually invigorating experience earlier and I'm still like, this is the overflow from that. Or like, I'm angry at something. It's like that passion still overflows and it lends itself to sexuality in like a really interesting way because, you know, passion is like the middle ground for anger and love or whatever you want to call it, like intimacy, sex, like connection. Um, yeah, totally agree with that. What about you, Clea? Uh, I think like I, so I've never had an experience where like I'm dating someone and that sexual energy uh, you can kind of feel that in the next shift. The thing that I have experienced the most is when I've had a heartbreak or I've had like some guy that I was dating that something did not work out or even when a guy did not want to date me because I was a dancer and I'm like, you know, watch this. And we're working and we're spending hours with guys that are like, oh my God, you're, you're brilliant and you're talented. And I feel like work makes me feel sexy. And I feel like, what we do has allowed me to base my sexiness and how I feel on me alone and no other man. So like, even if anything happens with a man in terms of like heartbreak or anything else, my, my level of how I feel about myself has not changed. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it totally does. When, if people find out you're a dancer and it changes like the way they view you or like, oh, I don't want to date you or, or I could never date a dancer. I think that that is such, a, I definitely want to touch on that because I have had that same experience as well as I think most of us have. And there's also the opposite end of that where guys will come into the club and brag about dating a dancer which is just like the other side of the coin like oh do you want a cookie like you're so open like you dated a normal hot sexual powerful woman that like just because she's a dancer you think you deserve a reward for that like it's yeah and it's like they, they dance they date the dancer for the title and like to be able to say that they did it and it's like we're not even viewed as a human or a partner it's like I dated a stripper you know Mm. and I'm like oh (laughs) I'm a human being, so. First and foremost, yeah. Yeah, I actually feel, it's funny because I have like a really strong, um, that's also a really strong sort of boundary I have is like, I, if I start seeing a guy, he knows right away that I'm a dancer. And if he's not like, not only okay with it, but supportive of me, like that isn't going to work for me. Like period. It just is like, if you can't understand why I do this and like what I'm doing it for, or at least aren't open to hearing about that, or you're uneducated on the industry, like we're just not going to be compatible. It's a big part of my life and I have no interest in hiding it. I have no interest in like withholding information and I know some dancers like I'm like it's amazing to see how some dancers like their boyfriends some people's boyfriends don't even know or like Mm -hmm. some people's really close like people best friends don't know and it's like I think that's like a super empowering thing to do is is like you share when you want to share you know and like you tell people when you want to but when it comes to my like my romantic partner is like I can't be bothered with a guy and like support sex workers like that's just a red flag to me so I have a very strong opinion on that I feel the same exact way yeah um I think it's now I use it as a way to kind of vet 
people because again like if they're not supporting that of what I do and it's also if they begin to like overly sexualize us and what we do and that is an immediate no and and you can kind of tell that when you begin to tell them that you're a stripper like they begin to just kind of see you more as an object and I'm like immediately ick like this is done you know so it's definitely a way to to vet out people no absolutely the hypersexualization of dancers which is so funny to me because it just it's I get that it's kind of a secret world to some people or it's like something with private parts that people don't understand but I think the hypersexualization of strippers is funny to me because we literally like and I'm not saying this is everyone but like I, when I'm not at the club, like I am the most bummy and like least sexual (laughs) person, uh, like you'll ever meet because I'm like, I just spent six to eight hours, whatever, like creating a sexy vibe. And like, I'm exhausted in that sense. Like, I do not want to create a party anymore. I do not want to look like that all the time. Like I legitimately, I I think you guys have heard this story or I've told you before, but I was in the club one time with a, a regular who's obsessed with me like in love with me in love with my dancer persona whatever and um I work for the listeners I wear wigs at work and I have a shaved head like in my real life whatever you want to call it but I um just got done with this regular went into the locker room and like took my wig off changed into my normal clothes and I came back out and the regular noticed me and it was like an audible gasp and just like this like realization of like oh my god like this is you like it's like a pulling back the curtain kind of moment where they realize like, oh yeah, like you're a person. You're not just my like sexual fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like you need to have that persona at work because it, it helps to separate and compartmentalize our life. Right. You, you come in and like, for me, Cleo is this character that I transform into words outside. I am, my masculine energy is a little, you can view it a little more, you can feel it a little more, but when I'm in at work, like I need to be feminine and hyper feminine because it helps me make more money, right? And Mm. I'm not like that outside of my work all the time. So it's so interesting to see the different personas that come up. And we luckily as workers, we get to see both of those sides. Like I get to see your side in the locker room and I get to see your side, you know, out and about but people really don't know like who we are inside versus outside yeah it's funny because I'm actually working on I don't have a persona in the club like I'm just literally who I am like like in the club and outside the club and I'm actually trying to figure out how to have a persona um which is a funny thing because it feels like it's very easy for a lot of people to like put on this show and then put on this personality and like dress up in this certain way. And like, I've always like, I've always been into sensuality. So it, it, when I started dancing, it felt really like natural and normal to me. And like, I've always, I was like a lingerie model for a period of time. So it, this, the whole like idea of dancing felt really normal for me. And I am a terrible liar. So I'm actually trying to figure out how I can like, kind of spin things a little bit more and like fluff things up a little bit more and like I'm working on that which is um it's interesting to be like further along and now trying to like figure out like oh maybe I need a persona you know like maybe I should lie about where I'm from you know what I mean like maybe I should create these little stories like 
all of these things because um, there really isn't a compartmentalizing happening. And I'm curious to see like what that would do with it. You know, on one hand, I have I have clients that are like they they are looking for like this honest intimacy type of thing. So so that's good. It's like that doesn't, you know, serve as well. But I think that like that, what we were talking about, like the fun party stripper, like I want to have one of those personas too, where I can just like fully start the party. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm I'm trying to figure out like this new version. But the cool thing about dancing is like we can do that at any period. We can walk in tomorrow and be like, well, I'm a different bitch. I got a different name. <laughs> I got a different look. Like, yeah. you know, you come in, you got different hair. Like you could do whatever the hell you want and no one can cares so it's like that's the coolest thing about it is like everything is up to us yeah you have that like element of play which is so important to me like especially as an adult um I never want to work anywhere that I have to wear a suit and be a specific kind of person like being whoever I want to be when I come into the club when I get too serious about what we do it allows me to be more lighthearted and just have fun with it which I've never worked anywhere where I've been able to do that yeah, there's a lot of talk around, you know, when people say like, oh, we're exploiting our bodies for money or like we're where people are using our bodies for money. I'm like, almost everyone I know that dances has had a way more horrifying time working regular ass jobs. You know what I mean? Like, are you kidding? As if like bosses and owners and like employers and, and people like that aren't exploiting people on a daily basis. So it's like an interesting thing that like is very misconceived in um, the like society. Right. Well, not to mention that as um, a woman, especially in our society, we get sexualized all the time for free, like outside of work. It's like, you're gonna get, you're gonna feel vulnerable and like, sadly, more likely than not to be taken advantage of in some way. And so I think getting paid for it and like taking back some of the power in that sense can be really empowering. At least that's been my experience with dancing. Yeah, speaking of, it's, um, that's actually another thing that has helped me like in my personal life is when you get paid for this type of stuff, you start to realize like what you like and don't like. And like, so if you're getting paid to do something and you're, you don't really enjoy it, that's like, it notes in your head where you're like, oh, I wouldn't ever do that for free, <laughs> you know? And then you're like, you're doing something that you enjoy and you're like, oh, I'm so willing and that's so easy for me. And I enjoy that and I can feel that in my body. So it's like this interesting thing where you're like, it has definitely woken me up to being like, that's a service I'm providing and I won't do that for free period. And then like, oh, that's something that's like for me personally. And I enjoy that. So like starting to realize like what we like and don't like and like how we can function because I honestly, I have, you know, we've heard plenty of friends, like you go along with things and you like, especially sexual things, like you don't really know where your boundaries are until you do. So like, we just, ex- we, it gets expedited a bit for us because of how many people are sort of trying to push them all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and it helps us vocalize that too, where it's like, no, <laughs> you know, or like, yes, or whatever it is. It's like, we have to vocally say these things, which is like, I think for everyone is a, is a little bit of a learning curve, no matter like what you come from is like how to vocalize that's a yes or that's a no. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
I mean, speaking of that merging of like the two worlds too, like in the club and then outside of the club, uh, when you do have, I feel like a positive experience with a client or whatever, and if it's authentic, I'm curious to you guys, to your opinion on, would you ever meet up with a client outside of the club or what are your thoughts on dating clients outside of the club? Um, so for me personally, I feel like such a hypocrite um, <laughs> because <laughs> even though I'm a dancer, personally, I don't think I would ever date any guy that came into the club. And the well, reason see, so being... Okay, I'll let you I'll let you have the reason. I just want to say it's so funny because it's like we were just talking about how when guys say I would never date a dancer, but I know a lot of dancers who also are like, well, I would never date some guy at the club. But anyways, keep going. Yeah, like we don't want each other. It's fine, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but one of the reasons is just, you know, we're in the club and I always joke about like there's some things that, that men say, people say a lot of dumb stuff, but I feel like it is just, there's so much at the club. And at the club, I see a lot of men in quote unquote, happy relationships, happy marriages, happy things. I've had men in VIP um, who's their, their girlfriend has called them 15 times. And just sometimes my level of trust of men that come into the club has depleted substantially. Um, and it's just, not somewhere that I can see myself. I don't want someone to meet me as Cleo, even though she is amazing. I want someone to meet me as me outside of the club. Um, and I just, I don't think I could ever date anyone that came into the club. No, that makes sense. Especially if like you were saying earlier, like your identity in the club is so separate and cultivated compared to your identity outside of the club. I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. What about you, May? Yeah. I have definitely hooked up with guys that I've met at the club selectively, but, but that's because like, for some reason, my experience, like dancing in New York feels a bit different where like, there's a, there's like a bit of a curation of the types of guys that come into the club. I work at there because they, (laughs) I mean, it's like, now I'm like, so ridiculous about like a guy with money. (laughs) I'm like, okay, well, that's the only thing that's first of all, base level. You know what I mean? Like for us, it's like a guy needs that money. So it almost like filters that element out for me. But, um, I also, I, I practice listening to my body a lot. And if my body really enjoys being with someone personally, I can feel the difference in that then between someone who's just a client so I basically will listen to my body based on that and like sometimes if a you know like paid dates or whatever like if it's a client and it feels like we would have chemistry and I would be able to trust them in a different type of container um I'm open to doing that too for money you know what I mean but if it's a guy that like feels like I would just maybe hook up with him but he's in the club with his friends tonight and whatever and like I'm also like down to see where that goes, you know? So I definitely just follow like what, what um, feels true in my body, but at the same time, like that's very rare, (laughs) you know, like uh, it's definitely a very, very, very small sector of people I've met in there. Um, So it definitely depends on like our chemistry levels. And I just like pay attention to that, but I'm not close to it, but I'm also not super open to it. Right. No, and I know what you mean, because you can have, like, shifts as a dancer where it's, like, 
authentic and genuine and you like I'll like forget that I'm at work sometimes it's like oh my god I thought I was just out partying and like if the client is respectful and it's just a vibe I can totally totally see that um I I just am still I think it's so funny because I also I don't think that I could meet up with someone outside of the club but I think for similar reasons to you Cleo I'm like I wouldn't want them to know me as Shia first because I just feel like there's so many stereotypes that come with that in general and I'm like I have a hard time trusting that people are okay with dating a dancer which is my own work that I need to work on but Mm. socially there's just so many stereotypes to being in this environment all the time and one of the biggest ones that I get is like I feel like men who when I was single and I told them I was a dancer and like attempted to date they like assume automatically the biggest one is like daddy issues it's like (laughs) okay so you grew up without a dad and I'm like okay well I did but like that's not why (laughs) and it's like I don't want that assumption to affect like there's so many things that come along with that you know like to say Mm -hmm. a girl has daddy issues or like that's why that we dance because there's something wrong with us like trauma wise as opposed to we're in the sex worker industry because it's empowering and we have a lot of free time from it and we can like make a lot of money for having fun yeah absolutely uh I I do want to share one thing that kind of messed me up in the dating world and why this is something that I do have to get over so when I tried dancing for a few months when I was 19 I shared that with my ex um who him and I when him and I were dating at the time I told him I had danced previously and he came from a good family and he was like man I would never date you if you were a dancer and that was like my initial interaction with a man that I was dating was really into and so um when I got back to the dating world when I was like back in dancing 23 24 for the first few months of my um dancing I would just would not tell people like I was not I was scared to date because of that initial interaction with my ex now it's like I'm a dancer (laughs) whatever who cares let me tell you the first date but it took me months to get over that fear of telling people that I was a dancer because they would view me as not good enough I mean, it's like, it's so complicated because in general, I think on a daily basis, one thing that frustrates me so much is the misinformation on sex work and the misinformation that is constantly spread around stripping and people's, it's like, you're dealing with so many people's like ideas that they're talking about. And also, you know, the thing is, is that men have a lot of shame especially around their sexuality. And then they come into the club, they spill all of that onto us, they indulge into that part of them, and then they are sort of almost, like, mad at us, like, when they leave, you know? I've had many guys, like, follow me on my on my dancer Instagram and then the next day like (laughs) follow unfollow me immediately because it's like they were drunk they had a moment they did this thing they feel regretful and now they like take it back and they feel shame and then they put it on us 
And like, I'm just so familiar with that, that I'm like, that is not my problem. But on a daily basis, I do feel, I feel frustrated at how hard sex workers are always working to normalize the conversations and spread proper information around the industry. And, you know, obviously we're blocked on all platforms. Like no one wants to hear our voices in that way. So I love having these opportunities to talk about it and from the perspective of people who are sex workers like be able to hear from them and listen to them so that's always really inspiring when when there's spaces for that yeah no i completely agree and i think like you're saying you're battling it's an upwards battle and you're battling so many opinions like even if you are dating someone who understands the sex work industry and is not only comfortable with it but supportive and interested in learning more about it their family could have opinions about it. And it's like being introduced to the family for the first time can be especially anxiety inducing or whatever, you know, like I feel like even cause I'm, I'm, I'm open in my own life with pretty much everyone that I am a stripper, but that's not the case. Like I know a lot of people are not fully out in their lives and um, it's like right on my Instagram page and my partner now we, we were dating for about like six months before um, his, like I started like getting involved with his family, I guess, or meeting his family. And his brother followed me on Instagram. And right on my Instagram, it says like stripper bitch, like in the bio. And <laughs> I don't know if they like knew I was a dancer or not, you know? And so it was like, when he followed me, I was like, oh my God, like I just got so anxious. And it was like, okay, wait, I actually don't care like this is kind of like it is who I am and like I need to own that and that's like my own work but like you were saying Cleo like having a negative experience with that can be so traumatizing in a way and like change the way that you present yourself even though it's like we should not be the ones changing it should be like everyone else becoming educated on the sex work industry yeah and I think that's also as women like we have this need to like try to fix things like when something happens like, I feel like with you, what I would have thought, I'm like, oh my God, do I need to take that down? Or like, do I need to do anything? And I'm like, fuck no. Like, I am who I am. And as women, we try to fix things and make other people feel more comfortable. But like, you, them being comfortable now is not my job. It's not my job. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we definitely learn. <laughs> we learn that very quick. Like, okay, that is not my problem. That's not my job. And that's not my deal to fix, you know? So it's like, it's nice because, I mean, I have these moments where I like have the desire to educate people because of how much I value this industry. But then there's moments that I'm like, I don't have any energy to get into that right now because like, depending on how the person is talking about it or where it's coming from you can sometimes be like that is gonna ha- go go nowhere you know what I mean and it's like I think the interesting thing is that the whole society doesn't support powerful women and women in places of power and the thing that drives people nuts about sex work is that we're the ones in control we're the ones in power and they hate that you know what I mean so anyone that's got negative opinions on it I'm like you're missing the point this is an extremely empowering industry for a lot of women you know and not for everyone because it you know there's there's really hard elements to some elements of how we're treated from club management and to customers and like in certain um 
geographical locations and, and all of that stuff, but it's like, you know, and it's, there's a lot to be said about how clubs are um, managed and the environments that the, the owners and the managers create for us and the types of clients they allow in and all of that. So there's so many, there's some elements that are out of our hands that um, can affect us. But at the same time, there's so many that are in our hands that are in our power and in our control. So it's, um, that's a huge misconception is that like, it's, it's, it's just like, we're the ones in the power. Mm-hmm. Well, speak. So I kind of want to close with this because we've been talking a lot about the misconceptions in the sex industry, but like, what is one thing you guys want someone to know about the sex work industry? And it could be so anyone who's unfamiliar with it, or you can say one thing that you wish someone dating a sex worker would know or thinking about dating a sex worker. Oh, that's a good one. I know, um, right at the end, here's this huge question. You know what I, you know, what's coming to mind is like, saddle up (laughs) because like if you're if you're dating a stripper or a sex worker like we we really know how to communicate we know where our boundaries are we know what we deserve we know our value we know what our worth is um and you like we also have a, a high level of emotional intelligence because of the amount of things that we're dealing with all the time and also are independent so like if you if you don't if you can't handle that, like, don't even, don't even get involved. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, it, there's a, there's a lot of, um, independence, uh, freaks a lot of people out just as much as like codependency does. So it's like, I tend to have more of an experience where people tend to almost get like thrown off by like how independent, um, I am and how my friends are. So like, if you can't handle that type of independence, like stay out, (laughs) you know what I mean? absolutely yeah I think I think for me when it comes to dating a a dancer for one it's not cheating like it's not at all and the jealousy thing like good one we as dancers do not like men because we spend so much time with them so if you get to date a dancer like you are one lucky motherfucker okay we hate all men but we come home to you like cool (laughs) you know it's so it's so funny you said that because i literally i feel like my i hate men stage died a little bit when i started dancing but i want to second and echo the thought that like we do see a lot of shit like the the image of the guy who's in the club and his wife has called him 15 times while you're in vip can be so disheartening but that just at the same time it's like okay i knew that existed before this and so now it's just about finding someone who's not gonna lie to me period you know but great advice from the both of you i love those points and I am so appreciative of you guys in my life and so appreciative of you guys getting on here and being vulnerable and talking to people about sex work and singlehood. Um, I'm not going to do the where people can find you because we are anonymous. So um, <laughs> Find yeah. us in the ethers. Find us at the club. <laughs> yeah. Bring exactly. a band. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Come spend money. <laughs> just spend money on strippers everywhere. It could be exactly. us. You don't know but just spend it. Yeah, I think we should leave on the note of support sex workers, period. Done. Period. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. I hope that episode was helpful. Hey, listen, if you want to share your singlehood journey, if you've gone somewhere and come back, if you have revelations and wisdom, please share your story. It's going to help other people. Nothing makes us feel more connected than hearing other people's stories. So just send me the audio of your story and you can just record it directly from your phone and email it to theangrytherapist at gmail.com. Also, if you want our Single on Purpose newsletter, go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. You will get tools and articles and other people's stories and also uh, Zoom links to private gathers. So if you want to join our community, go to singleonpurpose.life. Thank you for listening. Be well. We hope you tell a friend. Hey, before you go, I want to invite you to the Single on Purpose private community online. It's off of social media, no ads, no algorithms. We got forums, we got live groups, we got webinars, and we have social hangs. We also have offline in-person hangs happening soon. So check us out. Go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life, and I will see you inside.